For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. What's up, Grizz Nation? Welcome to the show. It's been a while. I apologize. I've been traveling for work. Candace has been traveling for work and other things. We have just uh, just missed some opportunities here, but we're back. We're going to talk about the last two games. The Grizzlies win in San Antonio 120-108 to after they really looked like they were going to lose that game. Um, Jaron Jackson decided to wake up in the fourth. And that carried the Grizzlies to victory 120 to 108 over San Antonio. And then tonight against the Boston Celtics, they gave the Celtics everything they wanted. Uh, had a really, really good look at the end of the game from Santi Aldama. And he just unfortunately could not knock it down. They fall 102 to 100. And I'm, I'm, there have been a lot of losses this season that I've been super disappointed. I'm not really disappointed in this loss. They played well. They fall to three and 10 on the season. I think that's uh, around 13th in the West right now. They've looked rough, but I think these last two games have, have given me a, uh, a glimmer of hope. Candace, I know the uh, you didn't catch the back half of the San Antonio game, but you did see this entire Celtics game. So, so how are you feeling after this loss? Yeah, I think you described it pretty well. It's a glimmer of hope. You just like to see them playing with some cohesion. You like to see them really just playing with heart, I think. I, I really – there was a stretch there where they were just going through the motions on court. And, you know, you could tell they just kind of looked defeated about some of this stuff. And it just wasn't the attention to detail, especially when we're talking about the defensive end. Uh, we we think that's a lot of that I attribute to coaching, but also just the players not paying attention to detail and just, you know – sort of lollygagging behind pace, but really they've been able to sort of pick up their pace a lot. Now I think that may coincide here with not having Marcus Smart, but uh, it's worked for them. It's worked better for these role players. You've been able to see the role players contribute a little bit more, uh, which anything you can get from the role players you need at this point, given how many injuries they've suffered. Uh, you you just, as a, you love the effort. You love the offensive effort. You love the defensive effort. You love the the hustle plays. They're diving after loose balls. They're not just giving up on things like they were before. So, you know, yeah, it's technically one on one and one, but but they went with they went up against the best team in the league tonight, and the, the Celtics barely escaped that game. I mean, you, you this team needs actual victories and not moral victories, but you got to be encouraged by something compared to what they were looking like. I mean, even I'd say the first half of the Spurs game, which I watched compared to that, they just look night and day. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Going back to to that Spurs game, man, they're getting common theme uh, with with big comebacks in San Antonio. I think that was last year. They were down by 26 um, in San Antonio or 29. Yeah. And it went into overtime. They ended up winning that one. They were down 19 last night. And, a lot of Jared um, in that fourth quarter. Um, and there's been a lot of talk about Jared not being aggressive, 
uh, not doing the things he needs to do out there on the basketball floor. And he definitely did that in the fourth quarter uh, last night. Super aggressive and really sparked that comeback uh, for them to be able to come out and get a much-needed win. Um, and, and I'm not one for moral victories, but I think this is as close as it gets tonight. Uh, I mean, fantastic effort. Um, and I've been hard on Taylor Jenkins, uh, and, and I think there was, was still some questionable things at times tonight, but I definitely give him a lot of credit for shaking things up. When, when, when you see things up working, try to do something different. And with the starting lineup, starting Santi Aldama at small forward, man, and did it did it pay off? Uh, um, Santi Aldama in his bag like TSA tonight, man, just doing it all um, out there on the floor. Just fantastic effort. I want to give a shout-out to – the hashtag All-Star Bay, man, even through how tough this has been. Uh, Candace talked about how some of these games just looks like they're just kind of going through the motion with him. It hadn't been that. Like, he could have checked out. I mean, his usage has been, like, off the charts, and he never hangs his head. They're getting blown out, getting their ass kicked in these games. He's still out there with his head up, going out there, playing hard as he can on both ends, man. So, shout-out to him. Um, another big night to, for him. If you check this box score, kind of a weird – thing that I noticed, him and Sonny Aldama had almost identical lines, like Bain with 30 points, Aldama 28 points. They were both 11 of 27 from the field. Bain 7 of 14 from three. Aldama 6 of 15 from three. So super, super close on, on the lines there. But, man, Aldama just fantastic tonight, man. 28-12, six assists, two steals. Uh, had that great look uh, from three. Uh, he was really down on himself. Ripped his jersey a la Darko Milicic back in the day. Uh, after he missed that shot, but he had nothing to hang his head about because if they weren't, in, if it wasn't for him, they wouldn't even been in that spot. Uh, fantastic look, the way he had been shooting tonight, man. I thought it was going down. I think if you have any questions about it, I think that play with when Desmond Bain took that late deep three, I think they Taylor Jenkins probably should have called a timeout and kind of set something up better there. But a great play by Jerry and getting the block on the other end to get him another opportunity. Um, it just came up just short, but again, shout out to Taylor Jenkins for trying different things. Played Vince Williams Jr. tonight. I've said time and time again that I, for me, long term, I think Vince Williams Jr. is a better prospect than Roddy Laravia uh, because of his potential on the defensive end. It's not like Roddy Laravia been tearing it up on the offensive end. So I take Vince Williams' development on the offensive end. I take his defense over those two. I just think he's a better long term prospect and fit uh, for for this roster going forward. So, uh, tough, I mean, it, it, tough loss, but, I mean, they gave everything they had, man. So, I'm not not mad at them at all tonight, man. Going up against the best team in the NBA, you couldn't have asked for a better effort, man. Did everything except get the win. Um, and just just fought. Um, and, and that's something that's, like Candace said, that we haven't seen in all these games. But that's definitely something we saw tonight. So, get the win last night. Uh, the effort that you get tonight, you, you hope that's something that's sustainable. Because if they play the way that they played tonight – they could beat some of these other teams that they got coming up. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. My my hope is that you don't see them come off of this game where they you know they they invested a lot in this game, they played well in this game, and then you go into Wednesday night and they just drop a deuce. You know, like I, I hope that they take some positives from this game, and we see effort from them going into that matchup Wednesday night that they're. Let, let's. I, I was going to actually talk about Zaire a little bit, but since you mentioned Vince Williams, let, let, let's let's talk about him. Let, let's talk about him first and what he was able to do tonight against the Celtics. And you saw him matched up against Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, 
And it wasn't a he was holding his own type thing. He was playing damn good defense against those guys. And I wonder if what they saw tonight was enough for him to actually start getting run. We, we, we've watched Roddy, you know, Roddy showed last year in the playoffs, he, he had that good stretch defensively against Los Angeles, showed some things that we liked, but he's really struggled this year and hasn't looked like himself. Maybe it's just a sophomore slump and he figures it out. But when things, things just haven't been working, you look three and 10, there's a lot of things that have not been working. Why not find out right now, especially with Marcus Smart out, why not see what you have with Vince Williams? Yeah, it's absolutely no better time to do it. Uh, I mean, that, and that's what I like about Taylor Jenkins tonight, just shaking things up. Uh, I mean, why not? Uh, we've talked about it, and I haven't been a person that kind of felt like Santi at the three was something that would work long term, but – it worked tonight, and I was glad to see him try it. And this is Santi's best game of his career. Uh, so shout out to Taylor for trying it, man, because it definitely worked. But back to Vince Williams, and you talk about those numbers, they did a fantastic job on Tatum and Brown tonight. Tatum averages 28 a game, held him to 20. Tatum Brown's averaging 23, held him to 12 uh, tonight. So a, a fantastic job defensively on those guys. And I think Vince Williams Jr., Again, I would rather play him over probably, and I'm a, some people might even say I'm crazy. I would go over Zaire, LaRavia, or Ronnie. I, I think he should be the one that they're playing and developing because I, I can see him long-term being that fit. Uh, Zaire is, came into the season with some high expectations. It looked like he had kind of turned the corner, but he's kind of kind of backtracked and been up and down uh, kind of since those early games. So it's kind of hard to tell where – not sure where I am on him right now, but – I love Vince Williams Jr., love his potential. And you go back to, to watch him at VCU. Um, he actually played um, Wake Forest and, and Jake LaRavia um, in the tournament. And Wake Forest got the win, but Vince Williams Jr. definitely outplayed Jake LaRavia in that game. Has a better pedigree uh, coming in for college. I mean, he was the man on that VCU team, so he could score. Um, he hit two threes tonight and felt like both of them were big-time threes. I remember one of them was a late shot clock yep. uh, three that he knocked down. A lot of so many so many things happen in this game, and it's kind of hard to remember all the all the moments uh, you do want to touch on. But yeah, man, I I think he might have shown tonight that this is a guy that you can trust. Throw him out there because we, we we he showed tonight that he can guard against two of the best perimeter players in the league. So I, I and he knocked out a couple threes. He's not gonna not gonna hurt you. That we're not gonna go out there and take a lot of wild shots or anything like that. So man, by all means, man, get, play him. Um, I, I think he could help this team. I think he showed on the defensive end tonight that. He definitely has value, and that he can also knock down a perimeter shot when you need him to. Yeah, absolutely. I've been I've been saying really for a while. I think since really early season, I, I liked what I saw a lot in flashes from Vince William in the preseason. I mean, he really had limited opportunity because of injuries, but whenever he was on the floor, it showed. It was it mean, he looks more polished, more developed. You know that shot is still going to be inconsistent, but it's inconsistent with all of your young wings. So, like I said, with that being said. I've always loved this defensive upside, surely. I mean, I think when I first, when we first drafted him, I sort of thought he could be like a DeAnthony Milton type um, with his quick hands or what have you. So I, I love what I see from him. I'm not sure if I'd sub him out for Zaire, though I understand the case for it. But, I mean, there's enough minutes to go around for everybody at this point. So I think your top two priorities should be Zaire minutes, Vince Williams Jr.'s minutes, uh, 
Roddy just, I mean, he's had some moments, but I, I just, I like the upside of Vince Williams Jr. more. And I agree with, with Isaac when it, when I say he fits more, Um, I think what they need, what they want to do. Uh, I like his size, his length, a lot of things to like about him. So I really hope he's earned legitimate playtime. I think he'll get it just because they'll continue to deal with some injuries. But I really hope that he can continue to build off of this and prove that I mean, he's a guy that should regularly be in the rotation at this point over. I'd love to see him before I saw Roddy or Ravy or any of those guys because, uh, I, I mean, that's not – it wasn't an easy task they gave him. He was – I don't know if you can get more thrown into the fire than, hey, go defend Jason Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Like, I, I don't know if you can get more thrown in the fire than that. And he more than surpassed the test. I think he's one of the better defenders – on the team and that just sort of includes Jaron um in this game in particular. So um he shined and, and shout out to him. Yeah, yeah. I think that if you give him the same opportunity that we have seen for Lorati and Ravia, Lorati, my goodness, dude. I just butchered <laughs> the crap out of that. Roddy and Laravia. Um I think that you get better results out of him. Just the the things that he can do and you've only just scratched the surface with him. You go back, Isaac was talking about him in college at VCU and he was a guy that was going out and kind of, you know, running their offense. So I don't know that I want to see him run the offense, but I'm comfortable enough with him that I think that he could develop into the person that can create his own shot and like you say, throwing him into the fire, hey, go guard two of the best wings in the league. And he did. And he done very, very well. Um, Z had an amazing game against the Spurs. Ended up he is 17-7 and five and played well defensively in that game. And then he comes out tonight and three for eleven from the field, 0 for four from three, six point seven rebounds, four assists. The one thing that he's doing consistently is rebounding the basketball, which you need. Um, we know that Jaron Jackson is never going to be a dominant rebounding player. So getting guys that are coming in to kind of fit that will rebound and rebound well is big for this team. But I think for me with Z, I just want to see some consistency. I don't, I don't you know – do I expect him to be a 15 to 20 point per game score? No, I, I don't expect that from him, but if you can see a consistent like 10 to 12 points from him and, and not this wide range of, Hey, okay, here we are against the Spurs and he's shooting. I just lost it. Where'd he go? He, he's 50% from the field against the Spurs. He got to the free throw line quite a bit. And then tonight against the Celtics, He's three for 11 and I get like consistency. That's what, that's where stars are born, right? The stars are a little bit more consistent than your role players, but for this team to get to the next level, I think you have to have some bit of consistency from Zaire Williams. Yeah, but I will say, I think that's a, yeah, I think there are a lot of games. I think we can criticize him on, on consistency. I don't think a back-to-back where he, did shine very well in the Spurs game and then play one of the best teams in the league. Um, I mean, anyone who shined in this game was a cherry on top, really, because it was a tough ask um, on the back-to-back um, when they did have to sort of pull a comeback in, in the Spurs and then play against some really tough competition. 
Um, so because Jalen Brown, they said, I mean, those guys can defend, and their their length was going to bother him. So I'm not too upset with Zaire production today. Uh, like I said, he does consistently rebound, and I think for me, he didn't have any turnovers. So I will take that. I will take a Zaire who can give you six points, maybe not get you ten points, but can consistently rebound and can avoid those like really bad turnovers. I think that's a win. And so for me, that's consistent enough given what his role is supposed to be in. I, I know we need him. I know we need guys to step up, but you know he's not. He's he can. He's only going to be so much. So with that in mind. I'm happy. I'm not happy with this performance, but I'm I'm okay with it, and it's understandable, I believe. Yeah, for, I'm not mad at what what he did tonight. I mean, you would like to see those shoot numbers better. I mean, he's three eleven from the field and over four from three. You don't like that, but he did have seven rebounds and four assists, um, yeah, four and he did assists. still give you six points. He and he made he made some plays tonight. I mean, he had that big putback dunk. Um, I think at a, at, a, at a really big when they really needed it um, on an offensive rebound, um, and. I mean, he's going to have to play. With, with the way the team's currently constructed, there's no question about it. He's going to have to be out there. Uh, but I agree with David. You would like to see him be more consistent. You would like to see him shoot a little bit better. But, I mean, he made some plays. He's just going to be uneven. I mean, he's in a position because he should be a, a player that's off the bench when, when right. his team is healthy. And he's being put in a position that's probably not best for him. Um, he, he's not. He's really not a starter in the NBA, not at this point. So there are going to be some ups, ups and downs. But if he's going to get seven rebounds, I'll take six six and seven uh, from him as if he's not going to turn the basketball over. Uh, you'd like to see the, a, a little bit better shooting numbers, as I said, but I'm not upset with him tonight. I'm not going to really kill him for what he did out there tonight. Let's go to let's go to Trip. We talked a little bit about the Spurs game, how he came alive in that fourth quarter. And then, Candice, I'll go to you first here. You mentioned – how you felt like Vince Williams may have been the best defensive player on the floor for the Grizzlies tonight. So you felt like Tripp struggled. Um, did, just talk more about that. I, I don't really have a specific question, I don't guess, about that. But, well, you know, I'm not going to say Tripp struggled, but I, I think when it came one on one situations, Vince Williams looked elite. And there are some one on one situations where Jaron did, did struggle, uh, particularly because he's been asked to do more. So I'm not comparing Jaron's role. Like he's he's kind of playing the five, playing the four, alternating. I'm not gonna say Jaron had a poor defensive game. Um I think that will be inaccurate. But I, I do think that that's really more of a compliment to Vince Williams than it is a diss to Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, who did get into foul trouble today. You don't love that. Um, he still played 34 minutes. So, you know, take it with a grain of salt, I guess. But uh I'm not I'm not too upset with Jaron at all, given especially his performance on the back of the Spurs game. I sort of anticipated that he wouldn't be able to keep that up for back-to-back games, even if they were at home. So, you know, you got an okay performance from him. Would you like more? Yeah. Um, he had a really big block there at the end. That final sequence of the game uh, was wild with ultimately him blocking that shot and then ultimately Zaire getting his shot blocked. But uh, anywho, like I said, just to reiterate, not necessarily a diss to Jaron, but I really love what I saw from Vince Williams Jr. tonight. Yeah, I think one reason why you saw Jaron struggle a little bit defensively tonight, because we talked about, you know, him have Jaron playing next to Steven Adams and then 
not having Steven Adams yeah. and having be at Bisbag Biombo, who was in foul trouble tonight. Bisbag Biombo only played 14 minutes, so Jared was kind of out there on his own, uh, kind of going up against Przingis and all that length. And, and I mean, because Przingis is is tough to score over uh, and, and tough to guard. I mean, he's so long. Talk about that height. I mean, that's a even as tall as Jared is, he's still giving up height to to Christoph Przingis. So not having Biombo out there for the normal amount of minutes, I think hurt him a little bit tonight. He didn't have a, a terrible game. I mean, he had some, some plays that he made, but it wasn't the normal Jaron defense that we're used to seeing. And I think that's probably one of the reasons. So I'm not going to get on trip too bad. I mean, we're talking about the guy that was the defensive player of the year last right. year. And you're going up against Boston. I mean, it, it was going to be tough tonight and he had a little foul trouble himself. So not, not going to get on him too much tonight, but uh, yeah, I mean, as Candace said, I mean, I think that's more of a compliment to, to just Vince Williams Jr., especially you're talking about a guy that hasn't been getting playing time coming out there doing what he's doing. You got to give him his flowers yep. uh, for what he was able to do. Going up against J Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, I mean, nobody does a good defensive job on those guys. And I talked about their numbers. Both of those guys significantly below their averages tonight, and Vince Williams Jr. had a lot to lot to do about that, with that. I know that kind of kind of go deviates from from David's questions about Jared Jackson Jr. But yeah, man, it. I, I think Bismack Biombo being in foul trouble and not having him next to him a lot out there on the floor. I think that probably attributed to, to some of the some of the little, little bit of struggles that he had tonight on the defensive end. Now that's there, a guy who struggled. <laughs> that's a guy who struggled tonight. Bismack. There was uh, one possession where Jaron got switched on the Drew Holiday late in the game, and he stayed in front of him, contested his shot. The Grizzlies end up rebounding the ball and going back the other way, and, and I feel like that was – I want to say the Grizzlies were – it was either tied or they were within a, like a point or two. And when, when the switch happened, not that I was ever worried about Jaron guarding him – but it just shows his versatility. So, you know, like he, th there were times, and, and I think that that's a great point, you know, Biambo not being out there for him, Bismack missing heck half the game with the foul trouble, really. Um, th that That's excellent point. That could definitely be what contributed to Jaron's struggles out there tonight, even though it wasn't so bad. So let, let's talk about uh, Desmond Bain. And the first thing that I want you guys to touch on, we're talking about defense. And the last possession before Jaron ends up getting that block and it goes crazy there at the end, Jason Tatum has the ball and he's waving everybody off for screens and stuff. He's trying to ISO on Desmond Bain. And I, I feel like Desmond Bain couldn't have played that any better defensively. Candace, what do you think? Yeah, I, I was super impressed with Desmond Bain defensively. This time. I'm, I'm impressed. His offensive game was, was elite as always. But defensively, I saw a lot of things that really surprised me. Like that, those type of situations where some of them, him and ISO, just really just staying on this guy's hips, staying in front of him. Like he really wouldn't move off the spot. Um, and and really more more importantly, but I think that surprised me was his defense on Porzingis. Like sometimes he was guarding Porzingis better than Jaron at times. Like he just. Staying in front, you know, making things difficult. And even with his short arms, just still closing out. I mean, Brazingas is going to be able to get a couple shots over him just to, just because of the height difference. But just not getting bumped off his spot, um, staying on his man. I just, uh, technique-wise, I don't know if you could get more perfect than, I mean, he made it difficult for Brazingas to get comfortable against, I mean, in, in the side, like I said, the size difference is, is, is huge between those two guys. So, uh, super impressed with him, man. Just 
uh, uh, more than an all-star at this point. I mean, really, he's playing at an all-NBA level. Production is what we're getting out of him. Um, because it, it's because it both ways. I mean, I've been saying that for a while that I've noticed his uh, you know, he's doing better with steals. He's doing better just in one-on-one situations. Uh, he's pretty aware of his man. You don't see him get lost too often in coverage. Uh, and he's even doing some communicating. I think out there sometimes on a decent defensive end, being able to switch. Uh, I didn't think he was a guy that can guard one through four, but he. If I see a couple more performances like that, he he might change my mind. Uh, so so just shout out to Dez for sure. Uh, just uh, it's it's hard to continue to have attitudes to describe his game, really, because I am. If he can play anything close to like this, when when John comes back, boy, the league in trouble. Scary hours. Man, for for sure. I I I've been saying it ever since the summer. Hashtag All Star Bane, and and you talk about his defense. I I never thought that we would see some of the things that we've seen from him defensively this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you're talking about with the usage rate that he's having on offense for him having the energy to do the things that he's doing. On a defensive end, I mean, he had that big tie up uh, to get the jump ball uh, late, late in the game. Uh, I mean, you do. Candace mentioned sometimes he was guarding Pazingas. I remember one time Pazingas, he he got the shot. And he ended up hitting the shot over the top of. Him, but for his size, you couldn't have played that any better. I mean, you talk about a guy with short arms. I mean, he was bodying him, did him up. And you go, you talk about going up against a guy that's seven two, seven three, um, and you're six seven, six eight, uh, going up against him. That's, I mean, that, that you can't He's ask for anything six. more. I mean, 6'6", six, six, six. yeah, I'm giving, giving him too much. I think I, I've yeah. seen him listed taller than that in some places. But, yeah, that's that's pretty amazing. Um, I, I just never thought – we know what he could do on the offensive end, and he's even taking that to another level. But to see him doing this on, on the defensive end and what he's doing out there is just simply amazing. Um, I, I, I agree with Ken. As I think all-NBA type player right now. I think it was Joe Mullinex earlier tonight mentioned on Twitter who at the shooting guard position in the league is playing better than him. He said Anthony Edwards and who else? I think you might have to throw Devin Booker in the mix there. But outside of that, I don't think there's really any other names that you can say that that are playing better than him right now. And, and I'm really hoping that they don't dock him because of the record being bad because he he deserves to be an all-star. I think he would have been one last year if it not for the toe injury. I mean, this guy, he's averaging like 28 points a game right now. Um, another 30-piece out there tonight. I mean, he's just been fantastic on both ends, and he just – doesn't get tired. Like, I mean, he has that full energy the entire game. I mean, he's running around on the offensive end, teeing up, just just doing it all out there. Like I said, never hangs his head. Uh, never, even when they're down 20, 25 points, he's not hanging his head and feeling sorry for himself. He's out there being the same Desmond Bain he is from the tip. So, shout out to Bain, man. And, and again, man, he did everything he could on the defensive end tonight. And he's, he's, he's stepped up. Like, you talk about guys stepping up in the absence of Ja and guys been down. He's done more than that. Uh, so if people talk about him not being a super max player, I mean, he's absolutely, absolutely a super max player. I saw somebody uh, before the season started was saying how terrible it's going to be like when when Bain being the the focal point. I, I wish I could remember who that was so I can get the old takes exposed out on them because he, this hasn't been a disaster at all. It was like it's going to be a disaster when teams he's the guy that you only guy on the team that you had to key in on, and that's another thing that's impressive. Because you know teams are are gunning for him now, and he's still doing the putting up these big time numbers, and they can't they can't do anything about it. So he's just taking this game to another level on both ends, man. I, as Candace said, I don't think there are even any more adjectives you could say to describe his game, man. He he's just been amazing this year, no no question about it.
and 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 what people what makes it sad with the All Star thing and what, what worries me the most is people assume it's stat padding, but it's not. Like the shots this guy is making are some of the most incredible jump shots at least I've seen. And you know, John makes the most incredible you know scoring buckets, but like some of this like going his body's going a different way yeah. his momentum and he's and taking these shots like i mean like it's, it's the confidence yeah some of these shots that that he's playing making, with. man if i'm sure if you put him up against like tough shots made like if that's a graphic like he's got to be at the top certainly and so it, it's not stat pad and i wish more people would know that because i think they're I, I'm, I worry they're gonna dock him um because he, he but he is definitely i'd say all nba like we're past all-star blame bang like He's all NBA band at this point. And I mean, the, the swag, he has a swagger that he plays with. You can just see it on his face. Like he, he feels like he's that dude. I mean, he goes out there and, and does it. So man, shout out, shout out to D bang. Yeah. And, and I was looking because it's been a, like a reoccurring theme that, oh, when John Morant comes back, it's not going to fix everything that's wrong with this team. And to a certain extent, that's absolutely right. There, there's a lot of things that the injuries just they're running a lot of guys out there right now that are just not looking like NBA players. A lot of that is because of the injuries. But if you look at this team, if you look at where they rank in the league, their defense is middle of the pack, which is not terrible. You'd like for it to be higher with the guys that they have on this roster but their offense is the worst in the league, or, or it was um, before the Spurs game. The Grizzlies were rated last in offense, and John ja Morant damn sure fixes a lot of that. When, when you move Desmond Bain with what he's doing, when you move him into a secondary role where defenses are not keying in on him and they have to key in on John ja Morant, that's going to open up a lot of a lot of different stuff for him, and you may not see the lines get any bigger necessarily, but I think you see the efficiency numbers rise even higher than what they are. And it's not like Desmond Bain has been super inefficient at all. I think that he's shooting somewhere around fifty percent from the field. I'll, I'll pull it up right now while I'm looking, but the the thing saying that John Moran is not going to fix everything is only correct a little bit. I, I think that you'll see this team find a different gear whenever he comes back. And and even if they are five and 20, when he gets back, there's still a lot of basketball left to be played. And this team, after seeing it, seeing what they were able to do against the Celtics tonight I believe that this can be a team that'll be super competitive when we get to the end of the season, as long as everybody can get healthy. Yep. Yeah, I, I'd certainly, I, I'd agree with that. And, and and really, and what gave me some optimism today, we haven't talked about, we talked more about the players, but that they were more intentional with their biggest weakness. And there, and there really has just been one real, like there are other issues. Sure. You could talk about personnel decisions. You could talk about if some of these guys are NBA NBA players or not, offensively especially, but the defensive scheme and the allowing of three point three point production has been insane, like historically insane. And this is one of the first games I've seen them be intentional about closing out at least. Right. So 
the couple of things I noticed. Except that for against Sam Hauser, all five of his threes were wide the hell open. Yeah, they were. <laughs> just, I, was just, just, I, just, I was just about to say, like, so one of the issues I've I've noticed is the and and what and what makes this this different. There's normally like three dudes wide open at, at the three point line. Like seriously, like. Is not just a one guy that they leave wide open. You go back and watch that tape. They're like three, sometimes four dudes just standing around a three-point line. So it's it's one swing and it's in. Like even if that person who gets the initial look doesn't take it, there's like a ton of other options. And then they still make decisions not to close out. Sometimes when it makes absolutely no sense to make a decision not to close out on a guy. In the in the Boston game. They, there was only really, if there was a wide open shot, there's one guy wide open. More guys were sticking closer to their guy, to, to their man. And they were at least attempting to close out. You didn't really see, I mean, I saw one time, no more than two, somebody started to go to close out and then didn't, but it was sort of like kind of in a quarter situations. I'm thinking of one time in particular, I think maybe Desmond Bain made a decision not to close out on somebody near the end of the uh, of the first half. But the intentionality was there, and you saw the results. I mean, while I do think it was some regression to the mean, I don't think that the Celtics regularly are just going 12, 12 from 31. I think part of that was some luck because they did miss they did miss some wide-open looks or at least fairly good looks. Um, but it's a step in the right direction because they can fix that and get job back then I think this team is cooking with grease because, you know, that really has been if, – if they could have, I think, at least two or three more wins just by – if they had played other teams the way they had played the Celtics today, they'd have two or three more wins, no no question. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah, I think for, for me, and I admit that before these last two games, I, I was a little down. Um, as we talked about earlier, man, it just looked like times there, the effort wasn't there. There was a lot of coaching things uh, going wrong. There were declaring weaknesses. Uh, but I saw some positive tonight, and I'm just hoping those things carry over. Because they do, I think they definitely have some positive momentum. Um, the, the overhelping has been terrible. I mean, we preached on that. I've talked about it time and time again on here, on Twitter, in his faces. I think Grizz Nation is Talked about that too. We're blue in the face. And I agree with Candace. I do think it was better tonight. There were still some times, like you talked about, Sam Hauser, 15 points off the bench, knocked down five threes. He's probably the reason that they were able to, to get this win tonight, him getting those five threes off the bench. Yeah. Um, there was another one. I think Al Horford hit one that was pretty bad. Uh, they left him wide open at the top of the key. He knocked that down. They missed some, but it was definitely better. You you saw a better effort tonight than we've seen because there were times, as Candace said, in these other games where – the whole damn team, you got three of the five players on the floor just standing around wide open around a perimeter. And, and right. that that you didn't see tonight. So there was some positive there. I like some of the things that, that Taylor Jenkins did tonight. I liked him switching up the lineups. I liked him playing some of the role players that weren't getting major minutes, whether that was through attrition that he basically was kind of forced in that. I, I hope that wasn't the case. That might be the case when some of these guys come back. You might see him revert back but because we've seen him do that before. We've seen him do some good things and then go right back to the stuff he was doing before. But you got to, as bad as this start of the season has been, you got to take the positives where you can get them. And there were a lot of positives tonight. If they had played, like you said, every game the way they played tonight, 
they probably have five wins right now. Uh, but I, that, I, I really do believe that. So hopefully that's, that's good going forward. And when you put it in perspective, I mean, you look at the standards, they're only two and a half games out of the play in. Like it seems like it, it's terrible, but that's a fact. I mean, they're in 13 place, but they're two and a half games out of the play in. So if they can stay around there, two, two to four games out of the play in, so John comes back, I, I definitely think this team can make a run. Uh, can they, is, are they real true championship contenders? I don't know if I'm ready to say that. With, with Ja coming back, barring them making some trades, which I think I, I think this team is going to make some moves. Um, they have those exceptions. We talked about them going out and getting veterans and them kind of finally looking like they may be turning the page. I, I think they're going to go out. I don't think they want this to be a wasted season. And if Ja comes back and they're still fighting in this race in the January or February, I think you're going to see this team try to try to go out and make some moves. They got a lot of different avenues that they, that they can go. Um, with with making trades as far as exceptions and things that they they've had that they can use, so I think they go out and bring in some players. Whether that's a does a center, whether they bring in a wing, we'll see. Uh, but but it's definitely I feel much better tonight, which is crazy that I felt earlier this week. I just 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 wanted to see a shakeup, and we saw that tonight, and we saw a tremendous effort against one of the best teams in the league. So that has to have you feeling better, man, than you were feeling four or five days ago. Amazing what some changes will do, you know, actually, you know, like changing something in your game plan, amazing what that looks like for your team. And just a, just a quick thing I wanted to point out was, you know, they almost won this game and John Contrart was terrible and he really was awful. Uh, you know, he barely shot one of three, three attempts, yeah. uh, negative 13. Yeah. And at least got to be a threat. I don't even think the they ball. were down 13 at any point in this game. Uh, they may have been, but it, it they re- they really didn't spend a lot of time behind in the league, and so it, it, he was an outlier for sure. Um, you think about if this game had had you know Gilliard maybe starting with Desmond Bain, and then you know you had D Rose. I know he was out tonight, but you had D Rose maybe in the backup spot. I think that I think they win this game, to be honest. And don't don't get me wrong, don't, Contra had some some clutch rebounds. I think down the stretch, but otherwise he really, he was really bad. And so um, it just gives me a little bit more encouragement because I think that's a really quick change you can make easily. I think I'd say, keep that lineup, just switch out, put that bang back at the two and then, you know, put Gilliard back in at the one and see what that does for you. I'll just see that lineup and and see how far they can get with it with some maybe um, lesser opponents. What about even instead of that, like keep the same starting lineup and switch Vince Williams out for Conchar and see what happens. I wouldn't start him. Well, I was going to say with Conchar, what what made me upset tonight with him when they they started, I was like, man, you got to at least be a threat. Like he wasn't even trying to shoot the basketball at all. He was making it too easy for the defense. It was like five on four. Uh, when he was out there, because he wasn't even looking to shoot the basketball, I was like, "Man, you got to at least be a threat if you're going to be out there, um, especially if you you on the ball." But he wasn't wasn't doing that tonight. So he did have he did have some some clutch rebounds during that fourth quarter, and made some was in on some plays, some knockaways and stuff. But offensively, he was not not good at all tonight. Yeah, he's been shooting the ball like he's shooting about forty percent from three heading into tonight. So it's a, he hasn't really been struggling shooting the ball. Um, but it, there seems to be a disconnect in confidence there from him. Um, well, he's not a guard, I, guy you start. We learned that last year. He, he's yeah. not a guy you can start. Seriously. He's just, he's not a guy that you can just put in the starting lineup and just say, go. Uh, he's, he, he is comfortable in the roll off the bench. I think he prefers that roll off the bench 
and he doesn't like I don't think he likes being put in those opportunities. You can tell by how much he shies away from having the ball uh, to the point of the detriment of the team. So yeah, it's not that he's shooting poorly as much as it is that like three attempts in your starter is just unacceptable unless you're the center. So yeah, I mean, Bismack played 14 minutes and had two attempts. So right. yeah, you know, um, you can't have both of those guys, like two, two, two dudes that didn't attempt to shoot the ball at all. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty rough. So, so let me ask you guys this. This is kind of a slightly off topic, but we, you know, we, we're talking about uh, making moves. Isaac said that you know he feels like you may see this team make moves. I don't know that I'm convinced that that's going to be the case, but Gigi Jackson's been killing it in South Haven. What do you have to see from him in order to make some of these guys that we've looked at on this roster expendable? A different coach. Well, you, I mean, you know, for, for, for me, man, I want GG out there. You know, I'm a GG guy, man. He's been tearing it up in the G league and with the condition that the roster's in now, man, I, I think I would throw him out there and see, was he sank, sank or swim? Uh, but that's just not, I don't think that's what we're going to see this year. Uh, I, I, we know how this team operates with young guys. And once they have a decision for your track early on, he's, He's on the G League track. He's on the two-way track. And I don't. I just don't think they're going to give him any push at all. He was actually active tonight. Funny, because he played earlier for the hustle. Uh, so I, I don't. I didn't even know that was a thing. Like, I thought that was probably illegal for you to play in both games. But he played for the hustle tonight, was active for the Grizzlies tonight as well, but didn't see any, any minutes out on the floor. Um, but I, I don't think there's anything that he could do down there. I think he could average 40 down there, and you're still probably not going to see him much up with the big club at all. So... I think that's kind of a moot point. I wish it was different, but I just, I just, I've seen enough from this team of how they kind of handle those situations to, to not have any expectations on that. Yeah, pretty much. So obviously this team has struggled three and 10, not what we want to see, but we've seen a lot of positives from Bismack. He's been able to come in here and kind of be that guy that the Grizzlies need at the five. Does that make Steven Adams expendable? Um, yeah. I mean, the thing that where I'm with Steven Adams, I'm concerned anyway. I mean, because you're talking about a guy that's going to be 31 years old coming off of significant knee injury, and, and we still don't know. I mean, they said what it is, but I mean, I don't. I have concerns that it, that that it's ever going to be right. Uh, with him, we see Robert Williams and his knee injuries. Is this going to be something that's going to linger? You're talking about a guy that's 31 years old, so I think they need to be thinking about that anyway. Uh, whether you have Bismack here or something, I think long term they need to to have another avenue to go at center. I don't, I don't think they can sit back and wait and say, okay, well Stephen Adams going to be our guy, so we don't need to do anything. Um, I, I think they need to kind of look at that situation anyway, um, especially when you already have another big and Brendan Clark who. Um, actually, man, they saw a persona practice video, man. He looked good walking around there uh, the other day. So maybe he ends up coming back this year. I, I, I didn't have any expectations of that, but he, he looks to be moving around pretty good. So we'll see what happens with that. But I have, I, I don't think they can depend on Stephen Adams. Like I'm, I'm operating like Stephen Adams is not a thing right now. If he ends up coming back and being in itself, cool. But I think they need to have a, a backup plan. As far as Biombo is concerned, I, tonight is probably his first really bad game that he's had. I think he's been 
more than you could ask for a guy get coming off the couch. I mean, for him to come in, I mean, he's looked like a starter and really helped this team. I knew that he was going to be good and could help this team, but I think he's even surpassed those expectations. So, I mean, he's doing a bad game. It was time because he's been fantastic. But I, I don't think think individually you just saying, okay, well, Biombo's playing well. That means that they don't have to worry about Steven Adams. I just think that Steven Adams situation is something that they have to they need to deal with anyway. Um, I think they need to be looking. They should have brought in a backup big or some type of big this offseason. I think we all kind of said that, and they didn't do it. And they saw they ended up getting themselves in trouble and had to, to go out and find somebody. But I do think Bismack Biombo has done enough. I think they should guarantee that contract and keep him for the rest of the year. And I think that's even if they they go out and trade for another big, even having him as a backup. I think he's earned that for, for what he's been able to come in here and do. Yeah, I pretty much second all of Isaac's sentiments in the sense of that, it, you know, you you had a lot of questions about Adams at this point anyway. Uh, but then not being able to play at all this year was not something even I anticipated. And so uh, I think it's a legit question. I think they, I think, can he, is he a good substitute for Adams? Not, not in this player for player, but would you rather have two guys more like Bismack Biombo than just Bismack Biombo and Steven Adams? Absolutely. So in that way, I, I think if they can move off of him, it'd be wise. But I can see a world with that's not easy to do. Um, and so you'd love to see it. But well, I, well, you hate to see. You wouldn't love to see it. But also, I really do. Like I have questions about about Adams, and and you need you just need other guys because because get in the same situation, you're back in the Stephen Adams boat. In the sense of if Biombo goes down, who do you have? You still need another backup true big and they still don't really have that and so I, I think you kind of need to be making a trade for a center regardless I'm I, you know we've talked about the having a backup big man but for me the biggest issue heading into this season was knowing that John Morant is not going to be there for the first 25 games and you don't have a true point guard on the roster you know, we can discuss Derrick Rose if you want to talk about it, but with a guy that has his track record whenever it comes to injuries, hey, no. if you were hey, putting no. – I'm, <laughs> no, I'm just playing. Saying, I'm like, just playing, man. <laughs> just give you our time. No, I, I know, but but look at where we're at. You know, we're game 13 of the season, and he's played in what, four of them? You know, like if that's your game plan, if you're going to be a contending team – and you don't have, and, and I'm not, this is not a, oh, they should have kept Tyus type thing because I'm not on that ship at all. But there were, you know, if you're making that shift to, all right, I'm going to bring in veterans and shift gears and start moving more toward let's win a championship. Why not have somebody that's a true point guard on this roster? No, I think you're in the roster spots. They got so many doggone young wings on this thing on this team. I think that's why that's your answer. So they, yeah. they had to get a guy they can have on a two way contract, which was Jacob Hilliard. Um, so I don't think they, I don't think that was an unaccounted for plan as much as I mean that's why they, I think that's why they kept Hilliard with the two way spot. Um, because I think they anticipated having to actually play him. We didn't think they were serious about that, but. Seems like they were, and they don't seem to be too far off in their analysis on that so far. Uh, but they just got too many doggone wings to to to. I mean, they would that would require cutting one of their other assets with which they aren't willing to do right now. 
Yeah, they, they should have made a consolidation trade this summer. I, mean, I yeah. said that yeah, time and time again, man. They, Kevin, I think they probably even lowered the value of, of LaRavia. I think his value is probably even lower than it would have been if they had moved him this summer. But yeah. um, I, I think the, the Gilliard thing, I think that was a deliberate plan. I, I'm with Candace. I think they knew that they were going to have to play him. Like, we haven't seen them do that with, with two-way guys, but I think this being such a unique situation with, with Job being suspended, you have Derek Rose, who, like, David said has been a guy that's in and out. I um, mean, we we know how this team, like um, I think with Derrick Rose, I think they have a plan to where they're just not going to play him all the time. They're going to give him rest. He's going to be out games. I think that's just something we're going to see all year, whether he's really quote unquote injured or not. I think they're just going to slow play him. He's not going to play major minutes. He's not going to play back to backs. He's not going to, you're not going to see him playing six, seven games in a row. I don't think, they're just not going to handle him like that uh, because of this team is just cautious with injuries and you got a guy in that situation, they're just going to use him in spots. I just think that's what what we're going to see uh, to yeah. try to keep him healthy as much as they can, I guess, so to and speak. Just to, so, And just to, just to add to that real quick, like I, I think they quickly learned from the, him playing four games in six, in six days. Yeah. And him, you know, getting injured. I think they, I think they was like, okay, slowly road, we're going to dismantle this thing. And I think they also learned that, you know, the more games he played, the more you saw his play tell off too. So I think it's part of getting the best out of him is is by resting him. And I mean, he came back from injury and looked. Yeah, you saw him look good last great. night. Yeah. So yeah. I think that I think that's part of it too. Is not even just as much that he's injured, or but they just want to make sure they maximize when he's on the court. And I think they also felt like Marcus Smart uh, could. Could play some point guard, with, right. which that didn't work out. I don't think as well as they thought it did. So I, I think they felt like they had it covered enough with Smart being able to play on the ball. You could put Bain on the ball. You with Canards there, you could put him on the ball. They also have Gilliard as an option. I think they just kind of felt like they had enough ball handling. And I guess maybe when when Ja comes back, we'll we'll see. Uh, but I, I think that was just kind of their line of thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just for me it's just a miss. I feel like that's probably. Yeah, I don't. I don't disagree with you. Like, I think that's the biggest miss that Kleiman has had in his entire time being in Memphis is coming in with this roster as constructed into this season with the expectation that they're going to be a competitive team competing for a championship. Still plenty of time. There's 57 games after Ja comes back. So even if they're 5-20, and 20, they can still make the playoffs. They're not out of the playoffs at five and 20. It's going to look awful. It's going to be hard to watch. I mean, it has been, it has been tough to watch up until these last two games. There's been times when I'm like, man, I don't even want to look at this crap anymore, but eh, it is what it is. You can't. Yeah, man. I was struggling, man. First half last night against San Antonio, man, that, and I'm not a person that I, I don't ever give up. Like a lot of people check out on games. If they're, I, they could be down 45 and I'm still there watching, man. But it had got tough. I'm, I'm, I'm with David, man, because it was such bad basketball. Like yeah. I tweeted that out in the first half. It just, even when a team's getting their ass kicked, at least, it, I mean, it's, it's going to be, if you lose about that much, it's probably bad basketball. But just some of the things you see is the same thing time and time again. The overhelping, just, and you, it just got to the point of where it was just, Draining, man. You just didn't want to want to see it anymore. It pissed you off. So, uh, but I, I hung in there, man. And and they they rewarded me last night, man, with, with that big time comeback. And then following it up with the effort that they that they had tonight, man. I think that that's gonna have a lot of more more people reengaged. 
I, I hate to turn it back to this, but I do want to just give a quick introduction. I disagree disagree with you a little bit there, uh, David, on the on the miss. I think the far bigger miss was the miss on the center. Because you didn't have any back. Like you can yeah, I just between the two scenarios, between the point guard situation, I mean they're both you misses. Can, you can justify having, you know, Bane, Gilliard, Rose, like you can but yeah, you, you that's have what all they were these thinking. other alternatives, even if there was no, hey, here's your other obvious option. It was a lot of mini options on center. There was literally nothing else, and you had all the signs in the world that you might be prepared for the possibility of, if nothing else, that he may not start the year off, right? Like, even even I was like, well, he still might, he may, he may still miss the first few weeks. Like, he might not come back. And I was one of the, one of the more optimistic situations about it. And they still didn't. They still chose not to do zip about that. So, I. I in terms of misses, I'm gonna have to go center. Because I, I think even even if Steven Adams was fully healthy, I, I think even then they need yep. to bring in another big. So need a dude. with yep. him with him being questionable, I, I definitely think that just didn't make any sense at all. Like I don't know what they were looking at, what they were thinking, because you can tell by the way they were talking about the situation and everything that was going on that they weren't sure what was gonna happen with Steven Adams. They were just hoping that everything would be okay. Uh, with, with him, they didn't know because he didn't have the surgery and went the holistic way. So they were just hoping it held up and it ended up not holding up. So I don't know why you had the information that was in front of them and they just decided, oh, okay, well, we just, we ain't going to worry about it. We just going to run him out there and just hope everything's okay with no backup plan. So I, I agree with David. I, I understand that, that you going out and getting Derrick Rose as a guy that you can't rely on. Uh, as as a true backup point guard, that maybe that they should have went out and got somebody else. But I, I agree with Candace. I think center is probably it well, not even probably the, the bigger miss of the two. Yeah, yeah. And, and then too, I think the the bigger impact in terms of the team. And they, they've been they've been playing around five hundred basketball since Bismo since Ben's Bismack's been playing. Um, and I think you can see some life with the team with the, with another true center playing. And I think they may do with the guard situation. I think they just had a lot of faith in X and what he was able to do at the end of the season last year. So they felt comfortable enough with that. And, you know, it's, it's all speculation. I don't know for sure where their mindset was, but, you know, X has played good basketball for this team. Uh, you know, going back to the Minnesota series when you almost – couldn't even put Steven Adams on the floor because Carl Anthony Towns was eating him up. Then you make that switch to X and they end up winning that series. And I'll die on the hill that they at Taylor Jenkins doesn't make that change that they lose that series to Minnesota. Yeah. But Tillman only really played well, the one game and, and, and it was a clear issue even still with his good play. I agree with you. He played well, but there was still a clear issue of size. Still. Clear, clear issue. Yeah, that, I mean that's a so that's that, the thing I about that's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's the thing about Tillman. But I, I love what he does. Goes out there and plays his heart out. But he he's still on the size on the size five. I mean, he can't grow any. And that's the thing about it. When people when he was playing well to start the season, people was like, oh yeah, well we're cool. I was like, man, you still need somebody about a bigger. Even though Bismack Biyombo is only six eight as well, but he plays bigger than that because of his length. Yeah, um, and so so it's a little bit different with with him. Even though even with him, I would still rather have I would still like to have somebody 
six eleven, six ten, six eleven, if possible. So yeah, that uh, big, big wingspan helps him out a lot. Yeah, you know, because like, you know, he plays six, much eight, than six eight. Yeah, six eight with a six nine wingspan, and, and yeah. Yeah. Bismack is six eight with a seven five. Seven wingspan. foot, it's seven something. Yeah, yeah, it's like, like it may not be seven five, but it's uh, it's seven something. It's seven foot. Yeah. I know it's at least yeah. seven foot. All right. Well, I don't even know how long I didn't pay attention. I know I had been setting a timer so we can keep around the 30 minute mark, but we hadn't been on in a while. So I was okay with this one running a little bit longer. We'll be back uh, Wednesday night. They play on the road in Houston. <laughs> Nothing special uh, about that game. Uh, yeah. The, the villain revenge <laughs> game, Dylan Brooks. All right. Oh, over, man. Under, over under 35 shot attempts for Dylan Brooks. <laughs> he's not going to shoot the ball uh, that much. Yeah, I take he's... the under. He may got that in check. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, he, I, I looked at his stat line before we jumped on it. He was like 18 points, like seven to 15 from the field, four to seven from three. I'm like, man, this dude. <laughs> And that was like in the third quarter. I was like, man, this dude, man. When you it, when it, you it, don't have an endless green light, you can be uh be efficient. So anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we, we appreciate you guys tuning in. Before we get out of here, you guys got anything else you want to touch on before we go? No. Um, I just say that I, I feel I feel good coming out of tonight, man. I, I just hope some of this stuff carries over uh into another game. I hope Taylor Jenkins continue to to shake it up. Uh, playing those role guys like Kenneth Lopter Jr., Vince Williams Jr., uh, playing playing those guys and and just get some more guys healthy. Hopefully, get Luke Kennard back. Uh, I didn't like the fact that it 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 said knee or, or, or bruise instead of uh, strain. I, I didn't like that because we've seen injuries like that kind of turn into things with this team, turn into long absences. So I hope that's not the case that we're seeing with Kennard because definitely they could use him on the floor. They could use his shooting. Uh, Definitely any any kind any any guys that can shoot on this roster, we definitely need that. So they miss him. So hopefully you get some of those guys back. But yeah, man, villain revenge game. Um he, I think this one might supersede the the efficiency, man. He's gonna try to go off. I don't think I don't think he's gonna be able to control it. I think that's gonna break through his newfound um restraint, so to speak. Um, I think he's gonna try to try to go out, but it should should be fun, man. But I I really would like to get that win, man. I don't want him to have it over. He he had some comments the other day about the organization telling him not to talk and kind of saying some crazy stuff. So I, I've been trying to stay away from the the discord. I, I, I don't I don't necessarily miss him on this team. There are a lot of people that have kind of said, oh, if he was on this team, they'd be they'd have five or six more wins. I don't buy that because I believe if he was still here, we would be getting the Memphis still in Brooks. You still wouldn't be getting what you're seeing in Houston because he he obviously felt some kind of way here. I don't think there's any question about that. And there was a reason why he kind of played the way he did here, and he's not playing like that in Houston. So I I don't buy into all of that, man. But it should be fun. I'm sure the, the guys, I'm sure Jaron and, and D-Bane are looking forward to, to matching up with him, man. So that should be fun on Wednesday night. Yeah, I got thoughts on DB, but I'm gonna say that for the game. One way, win or lose, <laughs> I'm a, I'm gonna share my thoughts on DB situation. <laughs> but we'll win, lose, or draw. We'll, we'll we'll talk about that next episode. It's it's awful funny. Never mind. I ain't gonna go there. I I'm just gonna stop. We we appreciate you guys tuning in. The show is on uh, the X app at Ethos Grizzlies. I'm an NBA D will two one. You can find me at Candace H nine zero one. As it take us home. Yeah, but again, the Grizzlies will be at Houston 7 p.m. A little pre pre Thanksgiving action on Wednesday night, taking on Dylan Brooks and those Houston Rockets. Man, that should be fun. I'm looking forward to it, man. Thanks, everybody, for for tuning in. 
Uh, go over to the Ethos Grizz and give us a like and a follow, as David said. You can find me on the X app at Isaac Double underscore NBA. Uh, and until Wednesday night, we're gone. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.